and welcome to Senior Beat. My name is Christine Beatty. I'm the director at the Madison Senior Center, and my co-producer is Tom Frazier, who has many hats in the aging network of services. Um, but your most important task today is to introduce our very special guest, Tom. Oh, thank you, Christine. Uh, yes, uh, our very special guest is County Executive Joe Parisi. And uh, Joe is, uh, among other things, a lifelong resident of Dane County. And he was elected county exec in 2011 uh, after serving in the state assembly for six years and as Dane County clerk for eight years, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I've got a lot of other stuff, but we want to get to the, to the topic. And the topic, uh, or at least our first topic for today, is the state budget. And, uh, you know, Governor Scott Walker has submitted his budget uh, proposal to the legislature. It's going through the Joint Finance Committee as we speak. And, um, and there already seems to be a number of controversial things in the budget. And so we're glad you're here today to tell us what are the big issues affecting Dane County in the budget. Well, thanks, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to have, a, have a talk. Um, as, as, as surprising as it is that Governor Walker would introduce anything um, that, that would get people's attention um, <laughs> and that, that might be considered controversial, um, with, in all seriousness, there, there are a number of proposals within this budget that, that caused me and a number of folks, not only across the county but across the state, um, grave concern. You know, when I think of, of Dane County and I think of Wisconsin and, and, and what makes us the special place that we are, I think of the University of Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. I think of our great outdoors, our hiking, hunting, and fishing tradition that we have here. I think of our amazing public schools, and I think of our commitment to helping folks who may be more vulnerable, um, fragile senior citizens, people with disabilities, etc. And I think all of these are issues that, that, that we, we, we address in Wisconsin, that we take pride in addressing. And each one of these areas um, is facing a severe threat um, by this proposed budget. And, you know, a lot of times you'll hear folks um, in an opposing party, as, as I am. I'm, I'm a Democrat. You know, my office is technically nonpartisan, but, of course, I'm a Democrat. I was a Democrat in the legislature. The governor's a Republican. And, and, and often you'll hear folks from the opposing party, you know, say, oh, well, this is, this is a bad deal. You know, they're, they're, they're going to oppose something no matter, no matter what, just for the sake of the debate, and that's how the dynamic is. But in this case... Um, what we're seeing, and, and the, frankly the outrage we're seeing about this budget, is based on some very real challenges posed by this budget. First and foremost, when we look at education, um, there's a lot of talk about jobs and employment right now from the governor on down. And I think we can all agree that access to quality jobs is, should be a focal point. That's everyone's ticket to the American dream. How do you get a good job? A quality education the right training, access to the tools that you need to get that job. Right now we're in an interesting point in Wisconsin where there actually are a number of, of, of job openings that are going unfilled because we need a more focus on training. We need to get more kids through tech schools and the university. So in light of that, a budget comes out that cuts our flagship university system, our flagship university here in Madison and the system, by $300 million. Mm -hmm. And this is on top of tens of millions of dollars in cuts in the previous budget. 
way beyond what a university can absorb. At a time where we need more resources to educate engineers and the kind of people we need to feed the industries and the new industries that are trying to grow in the state of Wisconsin. And at a time when college is already getting out of the reach of a lot of middle class families because it's not cheap. So when we look at that, the last thing we need to be doing is cutting the UW system. And here in Dane County, that has a particularly it's strong a, yeah, impact. It's a big impact. You know, we look that? at the folks who are employed. We look at the businesses that are spun off because of the university being here and the access to that talent. So that's a big challenge. Then you go down to the next level and look at our K-12 system, which we know over the last number of years has taken hit after hit. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those, the, 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 those budget cuts our public schools have faced have ended up in, in reduced services, and they've also ended up in reduced salaries for our teachers. Now, somewhere along the way, some folks involved in politics decided the teachers were our enemies. Now, I have two girls um, in high school right now, and I interact with their teachers a lot. And I tell you, these folks are valuable, and these are folks we need to be grateful for and work with, and they're committed to our children. So at a time when we need people more than ever to be prepared in high school so that they can take that next step after high school, and we need to have a quality, affordable college education available, drastic cuts are being proposed. So I have big concerns about that. Right, right, absolutely. And um, you were mentioning our wonderful natural resources. Um, I saw a cartoon that had scratched out why loosing and put Koch Brothers yeah. State Park. Yeah, um, yeah. Privatizing our state parks? Pulling wow. dollars out of our parks, privatizing our parks, and then sh turning off the stewardship fund. Now, as, yes. you, as you know, yes. the stewardship fund is a wildly popular program um, that, 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 that's been going on in Wisconsin for a couple of decades now that um, helps local governments like us and other folks who want to preserve some of our most, most pristine natural areas um, um, with grants to purchase those. It's open for hiking and hunting and fishing. And, and what we use them for a lot in Dane County also is when we look at our lakes cleanup efforts. It's, very, it's vital that we are able to protect certain wetlands and areas right. adjacent to the lakes because and streams. Because affects the quality of that water. Absolutely, because, you know, sure. when you have runoff, when you have sure. pollution going into the lakes, mm -hmm. um, if you can protect, you know, have a buffer between the lakes Great. and where the pollution's coming from, if you have a marsh, it helps, it helps filter the water. It also helps control flooding, yeah. which is becoming more and more of an issue as our climate changes a little bit and we're seeing wetter and warmer springs. Now, recently, I think just today or, the, uh, or, or a day ago, um, a poll was released, a statewide poll, asking people whether they supported government um, allocating dollars to, to purchase our lands for conservation and to protect, to protect um, the, the wilds of Wisconsin, if, if you were. And across political parties, Democrat, Republican, Independent, people overwhelmingly support preserving our natural resources. But again, in this budget, they take that away. They pull funding from the parks. They, they shut down the stewardship fund. You know, my biggest concern is when, you, when we can talk about these different initiatives in the budget, you know, in, you know, piecemeal, one by one, and the impact that they're going to have. But the question I have that still hasn't been answered is, what is their end game? What is their vision for the state of Wisconsin? As I said earlier, what do you think of when you think of Wisconsin? You think of Bucky Badger in the university. You think of taking a hike in the woods in our beautiful landscape. You think of our farms and our egg land and our vital communities that we have. 
if you take all these proposals to their logical end, if you decimate, literally, that's not even hyperbole, if you decimate the university, you continue to bleed our public schools, if you create an environment in which it's harder and harder to preserve our natural habitat, you know, what is our state going to look like in a decade? What are my girls who, in high, who are in high school now, what are they going to have and, you know, for, for a state for their home 10 years from now? That's the question that scares me and the reason that, that I've been vocal and others have been vocal to point out the challenges that this budget proposes and to try to get some folks to take a look at that and to back off on some of these drastic cuts. Some other controversial issues, if we could switch to human service for, yeah. for a little bit, and are, yeah. would affect uh, not only older people but also people with disabilities. Um, can you talk about that a little bit, yes. given that Dane County has put you know, a significant investment in yep. human services. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're right, fully one half of the Dane County budget um, goes to human services. Um, so we're very invested in that, and our community wants that and supports that. And I'll tell you, one of the best things the state has done and is done in partnership with the county is the opening of the Aging and Disability Resource Center. Uh, we call it the ADRC. Mm -hmm. uh, what this is, it's a clearinghouse. It's a one-stop shop for people with questions about resources, yep. For, for the elderly, resources for people with physical or developmental disabilities. Now, we all know how hard it can be to, to, to even find out about resources that might be available and to track those down. Sometimes I think about when you call up your cable company and you, you <laughs> wait, wait you know, half hour to get a real person, then you get transferred. Well, sometimes it can feel like that when you're trying to navigate health care systems. Think of if you need more than one service. Exactly. You've got this complexity exactly. of the intermingling mm -hmm. of services. And that's that the beauty of the ADRC. So, okay, so, so say I have, I have an aging parent and I want to find out about services. I can call the ADRC, which is located in Madison, as you know, right on the north side. The person who picks up the phone is going to help me coordinate, identify, and then coordinate all of the services that are available to connect my aging parent with or connect my friend with disabilities with. And then that person stays with you. So you don't have, they don't say, okay, now call this person over there and then go over to see that person. Mm -hmm. And when you call back or when you stop back, you have that same person, and that person is local. It's a wonderful service. The state budget opens the door to, 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 to privatize that and to bid it out potentially to an out-of-state vendor and to someone who's not local. It could be a statewide. Mm -hmm. you know, and so right now when you can you know, hop on a bus or walk or drive over to the ADRC and meet the person who's helping you, get on the phone with them and get email some help, yeah. email, email, and they'll stick with you, mm -hmm. This change that's being proposed in the budget could potentially end up with you picking up the phone and getting someone from a call center in Kentucky. Right. And then, you know, and, and then ha having them try right. to help you navigate. And then, you know, once you get through, who do you get back the next time you have right. a call? Right. So we're really concerned about that. And we're going to urge them to back off from that because this is a program that works. It's a national model, too. Absolutely. It's this is a, it's a don't fix it if it ain't it started broken. here in Wisconsin, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And now yeah. it's in every state in the country. Yeah. And now right. we're going to toss yeah. it all out. And, and I serve on the ADRC, well, I chair the ADRC mm -hmm. governing board, as your appointee, <laughs> full disclosure here. Yeah, full disclosure. Um, but my sense is that there's this is a lot because of a misunderstanding of what the ADRC does. I think somebody said, say, if you're an insurance company, you think you could run that if all they do is long-term care. Mm 
Yeah. You know, but they do everything. Right. Yeah, they do. And I was going to say, all local, services. Local services are yes. included in in their inventory of yes. services. Yes. Individuals. So maybe one big statewide company could do just if it was only long-term care, but yeah, it's piecemeal. actually I think we've always used the figure only about 15% of the people who uh, contact the ADRC actually need long-term care. Mm -hmm. They need fuel assistance or they need yeah. health care. They Home need chores. And sometimes you just don't know which way to turn. Yeah. And so what's better than having one number where you can say, hey, here's a challenge I have, and someone can say, well, you know what? Here's here's Here here's a resources. possible answer yeah. for you and yeah. a resource. Yeah. And you know, and I, I, again, I, if you think of this in the framework I was mentioning earlier about what is the the greater vision for our state, you know, not only for education and and, and, and our environment, but now for, for for serving vulnerable populations. Why would we? dismantle and tinker with this model that works so well mm -hmm. and make navigating challenging times even more difficult for our citizens. Right, right. And it's not only the ADRC, it wouldn't dismantle everything. You know, that's a good word. I mean, it's yeah. actually a polite word, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dis dismantle. We yeah. can't say destroy, I think. Yeah. Right. So, so this budget <laughs> leaves us with a lot of questions, but the, the biggest question is why and for, for a number of these issues. And I certainly haven't heard any reasons that, that make sense to me from a policy um, perspective. I, I like your comment about what where does this current action leave us in a decade? Yeah. I think that's a really good question to yeah. ask, and, and I think that gives us a vision um, and a rationale for some concern and worry. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any sense that yet that legislators are actually even Republican legislators, or everybody really, but were surprised, you know, by what? Because I, I, <laughs> I remember we, we were talking about, oh, we're going to pass a budget early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have heard through the grapevine that a number of legislators were surprised that there were even de, um, department secretaries that were unaware of some of the proposals wow. that were going to that, that came out. Yeah, so yeah. it sounds like this was a very insular creation, this budget, that it happened at a very high level let's among the governor's the, folks. Let's leave that as a cliffhanger. We're going right. to stop this segment. Okay. Uh, join us in just a minute or two for more with uh, County Executive Parisi. Welcome back to Senior Beat, and we are here with County Executive Joe Parisi, and we just had a cliffhanger. Do you want to wrap that up, Tom? Sure. I know uh, Joe wants to talk about a new initiative in Dane mm -hmm. County, but do you have any 
final words on the budget? Yeah, I mean, final I think, words I think before, the break, before the break we were talking about how this came to be. And, and, and I do hear through the grapevine that it was kind of a surprise to a lot of the people who were impacted by it, like the department heads and the number of legislators who didn't really have a lot of input into what this was going to be. It's led some people to refer to this as somewhat of a talking points budget, um, but you know we'll we'll see how things unfold and and hopefully folks will hear some of these concerns that so many people have right. and be willing to make at least some changes to, to fix some of the really big challenges that it left us. And we are a program that encourages the senior population to let their legislators know one way or another how they yes. view these yeah. circumstances as well. So uh, that's a call to action. Okay, let's switch to uh, access to opportunity initiative. Mm. You want to... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd love to, and thank you for the opportunity to do so. One of the things I love about being in local government, about being the county executive, as you mentioned, I've served in the state legislature. I've been on that side. Um, and now back in local government, um, in the executive branch, we're, we're so much closer to the ground, and we're able to identify challenges and problems and find solutions and enact those solutions. And, and I find that very gratifying and, 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 and one of the special things about local government that, that at least at this point in time certainly, I believe, contrasts us from what's going on at the state. I hope the state will look to what we're doing and adopt some of this. So access to opportunity is what we're referring to, to, to this new initiative as. And um, what this comes from is, is, is the very real observation and the fact that while all of us know what an incredible an incredibly special place Dane County is. We're ranked number one in just about every rating that comes out. There is so much for folks who live in Dane County. But unfortunately, not everyone who lives in our county has access to everything our county has to offer. And I think it's, it, it, it's, it's imperative that, and particularly as, for me as an elected official, but I think for, for everyone in our community to do what we can to ensure that everyone has access to opportunity. Um, when we look at some of the challenges facing our community right now, um, and we look at poverty rates, what we find is there are too many people living in poverty, and too many of the people living in poverty are people of color. Um, some of those kind of stark facts that are out there, for example, um, the, the, the unemployment rate in Dane County right now is at 3.2%. Now that's the overall county um, unemployment rate. In the African American community, it's 25%. Wow. Um, when we look at, at, at poverty, over 50% of the African American mm -hmm. community is living in poverty. 74% of African American children are living in poverty. Um, there's some challenging numbers in the Latino community too. Sometimes those numbers are a little harder to track because of the way that ethnicity is, um, is, is recorded. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes Latinos are recorded as white, sometimes as, 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 as non-white. So we don't quite have a solid grip on those numbers, but there are challenges in the Latino and the Hmong community mm -hmm. also. So, so what I like to do when we identify problems is to look for real nuts and bolts solutions to those problems. Map out what those issues are. Look for the choke points that are, that are impeding people from, from, from accessing opportunity, from mm -hmm. realizing um, what they need to, 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 to being able to realize their dreams, and looking for real solutions to those challenges. One of the initiatives I put together 
um, is around the construction trades. A little over a year ago, I brought together folks from the construction trades, people from community organizations like the Urban League, um, um, Centro Hispano, other folks, to look at the, the strange paradox that exists that right now in the construction industry, there's a shortage of workers. Mm -hmm. There aren't enough people going into the trades, and they really need those folks right mm -hmm. now because construction's starting to boom again, but what's holding them back um, potentially is a lack of, of people to work there. Then on the other hand, as I mentioned, there's 25% unemployment in the mm -hmm. African-American community mm -hmm. and community organizations working to help you know, get those folks jobs. So there's a disconnect. So I brought a group of folks together from all, all aspects, people looking for work, people who have the work, and we formed an organization and brought a branch of an organization to town called Project Big Step that helps to serve as a one-stop shop to connect people looking to get into the construction trades with the trades and help them navigate those apprenticeship paths because these are good family supporting yes. jobs that are available but sometimes it's kind of you know challenging to figure out how to get into the different apprenticeships and one of the things we do is we have career fairs where we bring people so they can get the right connections look at the different trades and and, and how to get in those apprenticeship paths and one of the things we identified early on and this is not unique to the construction trades is that one of the big barriers was lack of a driver's license something we used to take for granted and yeah. a a lot of people mm -hmm. do is that you have a driver's license but the challenge is on two sides on one side it's people who have had a driver's license but get a fine they're living in poverty they can't afford to pay the fine so they don't show up for court they lose their license and they can't get a job because they don't have a license on the other end mm -hmm. we have more and more people who have never gotten a driver's license in the first place and one of the reasons is is that when I was growing up, you took driver's ed in school. Yes. And I think I was smart because that's a pretty good jobs program, getting a driver's license. Because mm -hmm. without it, you can't work construction. You can't work a lot of jobs because a lot of jobs say, do you have a valid Wisconsin driver's license? And then you have to get to work if you can't get there by bus. So we have folks on the front end now that because driver's ed has been taken out of school, because you have to pay hundreds of dollars now to take it, a lot of people living in poverty are not getting that license in the first place. So part of our initiative, and we have a lot, but we can't, I can't obviously cover all of them today, a lot of different pieces of this looking at addressing these nuts and bolts issues. Um, so on the side where people have lost their license, the county already funds a program at the YWCA called Driver's License Recovery that works with people who are in that situation and helps them get on a payment plan for their fines and do what they need to do to get their license back. Very successful, but they could serve 100 more people a year. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put some extra dollars into that to get more people on track to get their license back so that they can become gainfully employed. Great. The other side of the, 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 the issue is a little tougher because these are people who have never had a driver's license. So first of all, we're recommending to the state that they go back to offering and funding driver's ed in the schools. We think it makes sense. We think it's a great return on investment for the schools mm -hmm. um, for it to, to be funded to do that. But we're not going to wait for that to happen because, as we've talked about, the legislature doesn't always listen to what we have to say, at least not right away. So what we're going to be doing in Dane County, I've asked the county board for some dollars um, to be used this summer for a pilot program in conjunction, in partnership with the Madison Metropolitan School District, where we're going to pilot a program where we, we um, with the school, select um, 50 young people who want to get a driver's license, who need a driver's license, but don't have the resources to, to, to pay for one at the moment. Right. And we're going to fund driver's ed for 50 young people and, 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 and work with people in the community to get those young people their driver's licenses so that as they go into this next 
phase in their life, 16, 17, 18, they're not going to be starting out behind the eight ball. They're going to have a driver's license just like the other people who are applying for those jobs. Yeah. And this is a pilot, so we'll be working out the kinks this, sure. th th this summer. And my hope is then to expand this program um, once we get all the kinks worked out, I'll, I'll, I'll look at, you know, whatever resources the county can put in, but I'm going to be going out to the private sector also and looking for, for, for folks in the private sector to help Support invest them. in programming like this. Real nuts and bolts stuff that has tangible results that will help people become and remain employed. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. I guess I had forgotten that that's been removed from schools. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, um, and, I, and frankly, I don't think I would have gotten a license without having it be in yep. school yep. at that time in my life. So yeah. it's yeah. very uh, poignant to think of that. Well, and the first part you raised, you know, it's amazing what we've been hearing about the vicious cycle that people get oh, in when they yes. get a ticket yes. and then they can't pay it yeah. and then they get a parking ticket and then they get a fine for not yeah. paying yeah. it yeah. and all of a sudden they might owe thousands yeah. of dollars which they can never pay. Yeah. Yes. And, and just like you know, we started out asking the state what's their end game, I think when we look at any any kind of fine like this and you know, you know when you get a parking fine and, and how you can how it can get you in that spiral. It's what is our end game? Our end game should be for, for people to abide by the rules, obviously, but, but for them to have a path to make good mm -hmm. and to get back in, especially if there's someone who's living in poverty um, who can't afford it and then needs right. that car for a job, something that you know would be an inconvenience for me. Yes. Um, and many middle-class folks, we can, we can pay the ticket and we're irritated, but we move on, right. um, could be the thing that, that, that someone who's struggling to hang on and can, and can barely pay the right. rent, it could put them over the top. Right. And we want people to get back on track and be successful and be able to get to that job and continue to climb the economic ladder. Um, I wanted, I, it did go to the website. Do mm -hmm. you want to mention the website that you've set up for this initiative? Yes, we have an Access to Opportunity website that you can access through the Dane County um, website. It has a, 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 a listing, as I mentioned. It's a very comprehensive plan. We, we look at, at driver's licenses. We look at um, education, employment, um, the criminal justice system, uh, many different aspects that, 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 that work to sometimes make it challenging for someone to, to get out of poverty and to step into the middle class and mm -hmm. to stay into the middle class. And again, uh, you know, there are a lot of challenges like that I mentioned that, 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 that our community is facing right now, many of them rooted in poverty, but uh, I'm optimistic. I, I believe if we map these out, if we identify the challenges and look at what the solutions are and come together, there's a part for each and every one of us to play, whether we're in government, whether we're in the private sector, or a citizen who wants to get involved. I'm thinking of our dialogue across the ages uh, at the Madison Senior Center where older people are mentoring uh, young uh, people at risk in the yeah. work and learn program at the yes. school district. And the relationships that develop are very intense and uh, very valuable to yes. both sides of yeah, that absolutely. generational divide. But these young people need someone to believe in them. Yes. And, um, and getting the driver's license could be a big boom, yeah. big boom for those yeah. folks. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so there's a website that people can look at. It's access to access to opportunity. opportunities, to Dane County website, Dane County website and um, that's an easy flip because you just Google in Dane yeah, County and then you Dane. can go right yeah. on through to it. Um, any other topics that we want to talk with with Joe while we're here? Well, not necessarily, but I would just guess ask Joe 
If there's anything else he would like to I, mention. I'm just, just worried about the county budget has also taken a big hit, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah. See, one of the challenges that we've, we've had at the county level is as, as, as the county grows and as demand for services grow, obviously a lot of folks turn to the county for those services. But what has happened throughout the last couple of state budgets is we've had revenue limits put on, so our ability to, to, to raise revenue um, mm -hmm. is very limited. And also the, the state has either cut or frozen um, many of the dollars that come into us. It, it, it's to a point where a freeze is seen as a victory, but inflation <laughs> still happens right. and need still happens. But you know what we're doing um, in order to, to to counter that is we're making the best of it. We're looking for efficiencies and we're looking for partnerships, right. um, like with our lakes. I don't know how much time we have. We just um, have a few minutes. Just about a few minutes. We have a lake. We have a lakes cleanup effort in which we're working with the private sector, the public sector, our farmers. Um, the government, the, 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 the sewerage district, the federal government, yeah. and we're all working together to help farmers implement practices on their land that they want to implement um, but need some cost-sharing assistance with yeah. that helps them reduce the runoff that goes into our lakes. Um, we have partnerships win, with... Win-win for... Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think that's true. You know, we, we can't depend on government for everything, right. and we're starting to take a wider look around at the resources that we have available. Thank you so much for Thanks being for with me. us. It's it. been really a pleasure. Thanks, Tom, for making the arrangements. See you again right. next month on Senior Beat.